There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's Wednesday on the podcast. We're thankful for the Word of God. We thank the Lord for the ministry of the Word of God in our lives. What a blessing it is to know Him, know the power of the resurrection, which is in Jesus Christ. As we come today, we have a couple urgent prayer requests. Brother Ted Alexander, dear evangelist of church planting, pastor friend of ours, was an evangelist of many years, has planted a church in Homestead, Florida. His youngest daughter, 19 years old, been married 10 months. Her husband died uh, unexpectedly and quickly. And Brother Ted and his family, his daughter, certainly need prayer. And I'd ask those of you listening, if you would make that a matter of urgent prayer. His daughter also is hurt and uh, needs prayer. going to need healing spiritually, physically, emotionally. We ask the Lord would intervene. Ask the Lord would help. So would you pray for them? Also, our dear pastor friend from Mont Alto, uh, Pastor Barry Shank, is retired now. Uh, his dear wife, Barbara, died on uh, Monday. And so uh, I want to just make that a matter of prayer that we could pray for that family, pray for Brother Barry. And of course, his son-in-law is Nathan, who holds the church together now and preaches. And his wife, Amy, is Barbara and Barry's daughter. So please keep the Shank family in prayer, as well as the Lincoln Felters and other family members. Lord willing, we'll be there at the funeral on Friday. But please keep that family in prayer. Great needs. We're in difficult days. We're not going to see things get easier. Things are going to get worse. And a doom and gloomer is just the reality of the word of God. Men are waxing worse and worse in this world. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 53, to the chief musician upon Meheleth, Maskell, a psalm of David. And again, we see one verse here concerning prophecy of Jesus Christ. I think it's very clear. But he says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they, they have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Now, that's the promise of God. That's the word of God. What does the fool say that he said in his heart? He really believes in his heart there is no God. His heart has convinced him there is no God. So he lives like there is no God. It is abominable iniquity, the word of God tells us. There is none that doeth good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. And so again, he's talking about the time when God looked down. Did any seek God? No, they did not seek God. Are we in a day when men are seeking God? There are people who say they're seeking God, but they're not seeking God because we know that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The reward is Jesus Christ. If they were diligently seeking God, they would find Jesus Christ. They would come unto him according to the word of truth. Every one of them has gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And then he goes on. He says, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread? They have not called upon God. There were they in great fear, where no fear was. For God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. 
Then here's that little prophetic verse right in the midst of all this in verse 6 of Psalm 53. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. It's amazing how, again, you just see the Messiah thrown in there. You see the Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation of Israel. That's what Simeon said in the temple. Behold, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He was looking for the salvation of Israel. And Simeon saw it that day when he held the Lord Jesus Christ. And might I say, my friend, I am looking for the salvation, amen, of the church, amen, the deliverance of the church, the removal of the church from this earth. But then also we're going to see the salvation of Israel, which is to come. It's that great event that he speaks of here when Jesus Christ comes to this earth, puts his feet on this earth, and he rules and reigns for 1,000 years. And then he said, the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion, that city of the Lord, that hill of the Lord, the hill of Zion, the Mount of Zion, that city of the great king. Oh, that the Lord will come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. The psalmist said in another place in Psalm 126, and he said on this wise concerning that matter, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I don't certainly want to diminish that chapter. I don't want to diminish any words in that chapter. There's some doctrinal truths there. I'm not going to expound them on. But what I want to look at is that little verse that speaks of the coming of the salvation of Israel. That one that Simeon looked for, that one that Simeon longed for, that one that Anna the prophetess was in the temple awaiting the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 54, to the chief musician on Neganoth, Maskell, a psalm of David, and then it says this, when the Ziphims came and said to Saul, doth not David hide himself with us? And so we see it's very important to have that note in the Word of God. If you have a Bible that doesn't have those notes, you can have trouble understanding what the Word of God means. Those are imperative to the Scriptures. Those absolutely are part of the rich text of the King James Bible. And I realize that man have done everything they can to remove that. Satan has done everything he can to remove that. But he gives clarity concerning the psalm, when it was written, why it was written. And it's when the Ziphims came and said to Saul, Doth not David hide himself with us? Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Again, here's David crying for deliverance, David calling out for deliverance. And here's where it's prophetic. Let me just explain this before I go into the rest of the chapter and cross-reference a few verses. I spoke in chapter 52 of that man of sin, and I believe we see him there. What we see here in Psalm 54, we see when those that have crossed David, the enemies of David, oftentimes they are what we call types. And we see the type here of Judas Iscariot. We see that man of sin, that son of perdition. And we see that in this text. And David is prophesying not only of his own plight, although God has allowed him to go through this, but then we see the type there, the picture of prophecy of Judas who betrays Christ. And it's important that we see that. It's important that we understand that. And for he says on this, he says, by thy name, judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. And so as he calls upon the name of the Lord, as he calls upon his God, he is asking him to hear his prayer. Why? He's asking, he's praying a prayer of deliverance. He needs deliverance from the, his enemies. David literally needs it from the Zephims. But we also know that Jesus Christ needed deliverance from those that were to harm him, to destroy him. What was his deliverance? His deliverance was death of the cross, obedience unto the death of the cross. 
And in, in some ways, we see deliverance when Christ would pray, deliverance from hell, deliverance from sorrow of hell, deliverance from the sorrows of death. He would cry unto the Lord. The Lord heard him out of his holy temple. He delivered him as he promised he would. In verse 3 of Psalm 54, for strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Now, here again, we see this is a literal as David is speaking here, but we could also make it a type and understand the type there. But David is with strangers. He's with the Zephims, and yet hiding in the wood of Ziph. They go and they tell Saul that he's hiding there and where he is hiding. Now, I'll look at that here in 1 Samuel 23, and just look at a couple of verses concerning that, because I believe it's important to understand this prophecy that is given here, that's stuck in the verses here. And it's important to understand that by looking at the companions. So 1 Samuel 23, I begin reading verse 19. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood, in the hill of Hachalah, which is on the south of Jeshemon? Now therefore, O king, and notice this, notice the betrayal when he says, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of the Lord, for ye have compassion on me. Go, I pray you, prepare yet and know and see his place where his haunt is, and who hath seen him there, for it is told me that he dealeth very subtly. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hideth himself, and come ye again to me with certainty, and I will go with you, and it shall become to pass, if he be in the land, that I will search him out throughout all the thousands of Judah. And so again, we see the betrayal of David once again. Strangers have betrayed him. First Samuel chapter 26 and verse 1, And the Ziphites came unto Saul and to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hachalah, which is before Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him, to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. So when they told him where David was, he went to seek after David's life. He went to search for him. Now, it's interesting on the counter of that, and I realize I talk about a type, and types always run out. That's why they're types. They're not always the literal. They are the typologies. And we see that, of course, Judas, the strangers came to him and betrayed Christ and offered him 30 pieces of silver. And Judas went and betrayed Christ by kissing him and betraying him. And again, we see that all through the scripture. We see that all through David's life. We see that through David's Psalms. Why? Because we see that picture, that type, if you will, of Jesus Christ. And it's important that we understand that in the word of God. So again, this is a bit of prophecy. This is something that speaks of the one which is to come. In verse four, behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. Now, I realize David is speaking here, but who else would God's desire be upon all his enemies but the Lord Jesus Christ? And so David is now in that role again of a prophet. And people say, well, you're grasping at straws to see that. Well, I don't believe I'm grasping at straws, for this is what he said, and is one of these key words here, God is mine helper, the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. 
those that watch out for his soul, those that care about his soul. The Lord is the reward for them. Did Jesus have them? Yes, he did. He had at least 11 that watched out for his soul. When he assembled in that upper room, he came and met with them there. When he assembled uh, again after Calvary, he came and he met them. He was in the midst of them and he met with them there. Why? Because they cared about him. I believe that's the way it is today in a day when it seems like men have fled. It seems like men have turned away from God and men have fled God. Men have fled the judgments of God. Men have tried to flee the truth of the word of God. They've denied God. And I'm not speaking just as an American. I'm speaking across the board. Men have denied the truth of the word of God. The mindset against Christ is growing rapidly, not just in this nation, but in this world. Friends, the power of the air has gained great power in these last couple of years, certainly the last couple of decades where he can have people legally kill babies and have men legally marrying men and adopting children to that perversion and, and the, the things that we see in this day and this hour that we never imagined we would see in America. It's been going to other countries for many decades in some of them, but now it's trickled into America. It's worldwide. We see the perversion is worldwide. We see that it's grow, gaining power and it's growing in steam. Why that spirit of Antichrist, which is in the world today, is certainly strong and mighty in power. And you and I need the Lord to deliver us. We need the Lord to keep us in this present evil world. We need the Lord not to take us out of this world, but to keep us from the evil. He said to live soberly, righteously, and godly. Where? In this present world. And so we understand that according to the scriptures. You can live godly in this present world. You can live righteously in this present world. David did. His enemies have risen up against him. Here are the children of Ziph, that he's in their woods hiding, and what do they do? They turn against him. Why? They're enemies of God. They're enemies of the man of God because they're enemies of God. Why are the people enemies of the church? They're enemies of God. Why do they hate preachers today? Because they're enemies of God. Why do they hate the truth today? Because they're enemies of God. They don't want to hear what God has to say. They don't want to hear the truth of the word of God. And that's why we go back two chapters as we started out in this podcast. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Children from a young age being programmed that there is no God. Being programmed today at a young age that this transgender mutality is a normal thing and it's an acceptable thing. And we need preachers to stand in the gap. We need Christians to stand in the gap. You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be contentious. You don't have to make war with your hands. But no, you make war with your words. You make war with the word of God. And that enough alone, even with a good attitude, with a smile on your face, people will hate it because it's truth. And my friend, we need to believe the word of God. We need to preach the word of God. We need to instruct the word of God. We need to reach that family that's closest to hell, that's closest to us, that we've ignored and we've disenfranchised because we're not interested in them. We need to take an interest in their lives. The days are short before Jesus returns. And we see that promise in the word of God. This is another messianic psalm. Just a couple of verses we've looked at today. I pray you have a good day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the.